this is Giovanna. I am the host of Connecting with the Heart podcast. It is a podcast you can check it out in Spotify. Uh, usually in this podcast, I talk about things that are of inspiration for me. It could be books, it could be phrases, it could be quotes, a movie, etc. There are a few episodes already uh, online, so check it out. And within that podcast, I have a segment called Connecting with the Heart Interviews. So Connecting with the Heart Interviews uh, is basically interviews with people that I know and I think their life experience could be a source of inspiration for everybody. I think one motto of mine is basically to get inspired by others around us. Um, I think that uh, sometimes we see leaders or we see inspirational uh, roles outside with we think that they are a bit too far from us but in fact we have to look around us and we will find like beautiful treasures and people that can uh, teach us something so in connecting with the heart interviews i will be uh, inviting guests that will share with us their success their struggles their motivation and their life story the aim is to inspire you, uh, make you laugh, make you reflect and about the human part and make you feel that you are not alone. I hope you enjoy it. Bye. See you in one of them. Guys, <laughs> as you can see, I just recorded the introduction to connecting with the heart interviews. And now we are jumping to our first interview of year. Uh, today I have a special guest but before I start um, I would like to give you a short introduction to her life. I have the honor to say that she is not only my close friend but also someone that I have admired since the day we met. It is almost 20 years since that day. In her life story we can see that she is someone who is very resilient, very hardworking and has a lot of discipline. Is someone who possesses a strong emotional intelligence, someone who is in love with life and someone whose life path uh, has changed through the years and made her flourish as the person she is today. So who is my guest? My guest today is Natalia Villanueva. We call her very uh, kindly, uh, we call her Nati. And Natalia was born in Colombia, Bogota. As a founder and manager director of Max Steiner Orchestra, recently she finished her studies in her master's degree in business administration at the University of Economy and Business. Um, in 2012, she graduated from media composition and applied music from the University of Music and Performing Arts in Vienna. In 2015, she received the 100 Colombianos Awards a special award handed out by the president for being among the 100 most influential Colombians worldwide. She has worked for many years as music supervisor for a well-known production called Hollywood in Vienna. She has met famous com uh, composers from the film industry. She has worked with top musicians and her orchestra has recorded music for Universal Pictures and other film studios. Welcome, Nati. Uh, thank you very much for uh, accepting uh, this interview today and giving us uh, your time 
and we are pleased to have you here. Thank you, Joey, for the invitation. <laughs> so it's my honor to have you here. And actually, while I was uh, trying to structure this interview, I was going, I was thinking about structuring by milestones in your life because I know how they present, how different they are. So, as um, uh, I would like to take this opportunity just to go through these kind of time periods. So, and mm -hmm. actually I give them a name. <laughs> and mm -hmm. the first is uh, what I called um, the, the period, the roots. And the first mile, milestone is uh, the connection that you have with Colombia and music. And my, fir my first question to you is, what does it mean Colombia for you? And how has being born and raised in, Co in Colombia influence, uh, has influenced you as the person that you are today? Well, it, it's obviously a very, very important part of my identity. I consider myself 100% Colombia, from Colombia. And even though I live in Austria eight, already nine, 18 years and a half, uh, every year that passes, I kind of become more Colombian. <laughs> like the roots get more... Uh, basis the more years I am away. Um, I love uh, many, many things about the way we think in Colombia. Maybe I can extend to Latin America. Uh, the spontaneity and, uh, and um, happiness and everything it's a, a reason to make a celebration and the contact with people and how you get very close very fast with many and i i feel very fortunate to to be part uh, to have been raised in that uh, environment so how these roots help you to be in Austria? Well, first it was a, a barrier because at the beginning I thought um, that the way I am is wrong. I, I should be different. I need to adapt to here. I am too loud. <laughs> I hug everybody and people are like, what is the matter with you? Uh, I was like, sorry, uh, give me the hand. Uh, I thought I was too much. So first I repressed who I was. I tried to adapt uh, till a point came where I was like, why do I need to fake who I am? <laughs> if I am loud, I am loud. That's it. Obviously respecting people if not not getting to the limits to annoy other people but we have um, a very happy or loud or um, a celebration uh, approach to whatever it is like oh my god <laughs> but I am the same person not that I change where I am but the perspective from the people where I am changes so that's very funny and I think people admire that a lot uh, when we really, you know, show our true selves and, and really say, this is where I come from. And uh, in your 
will be like, oh my God, yes, it exactly. matters too much, but they yeah. are like, no one is like that. <laughs> so, yes, yes. Yes. so it's better to, to stay uh, I, I'm authentic. It yes. feels better. Yes. And then my first reaction was, oh, 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 I should be like they are here in order to adapt. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So my next question is about being in Colombia and music. So how music became part of your life and how did you connect with music and what was your love story with, with you know, making music, producing music and organizing and everything around music? Well, I when I was five years old, I wanted to play piano. There was a piano in my house when uh, already there. So I, I was playing and, and my grandmother had a lot of interest in someone playing an instrument. And she has tried to uh, motivate my mother and my uncle, I mean, the, her, her sons and daughters to play an instrument, but it didn't work. And I was the um, granddaughter and she was like, maybe it works with my granddaughter. <laughs> so it worked. And of course, I also had uh, my father, family, they're all musicians. Uh, they have the music and the artistic um, talent. So my grandmother thought, well, maybe it really, it will really be something with Natalia because she has the the blood musical <laughs> music in her blood and if i if i help her so i started learning piano and i loved it i love the disney themes uh the lion king and those happy the happy music uh, was very interesting for me so i started playing i also really liked uh Mozart and Beethoven when I was little and I was playing the little things that that kids play from the of course the easy versions not the real versions uh, my grandmother also wanted me to play Colombian music like the folklore boleros and and that kind of music to entertain her parties <laughs> So I also played mu Colombian music and the boleros and um, uh, but I never when I was a kid um, I never thought about st studying music but I wanted to to be able to compose how the I wanted to commu I wanted to connect with a lot of people through music I didn't know how and I saw music was connecting people with themselves And I felt like the uh, my when the skin goes like get yeah, goosebumps. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, oh, how does that work? What has music that that uh, makes the us feel like that? And then I started with 14 making um, separate course at the University Haveriana in Bogota. They had a program for children and teenagers. And then that I started then realizing, oh, maybe it would be really cool to study composition. And I said, I want to study in Europe, in Italy, 
and then I went when I was 16 to Milan uh, but I didn't like the um, subjects in composition it was for me too long and too uh, classic I wanted more entertainment I've always been uh, attracted by entertainment and also the classical traditional things but I totally love entertainment party celebration DJs uh, <laughs> a rock star that's a huge part and also and I also like classical music um, so I wanted both and in Vienna I came uh, first I came to as a tourism when I was six tourist when I was 16 and then I went to the music university and I saw they have classical music composition and then you can major in media music and I was like and it was a reasonable time like seven years or, or six I forgot yeah and in Milan was 10 years only classical wow. music and I was like no too much <laughs> uh, no time to party <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I was like, no, no chance. I need to dance. So, um, yeah, so I was, and also the architecture of Vienna, uh, it just enchanted me. Yeah. And I came back to Colombia with 16 and told my mom, I already know what I want to do. And I'm going to Vienna after I finish high school. And she was like, perfect, really supportive. And that's how I came. Yeah. Through this part when when we were together studying uh, i mean i was studying there you were studying music um i remember that uh the main part was composition and i would like mm -hmm. to ask um in terms of of the the moment of composing uh certain art pieces um which connection do you have with uh who you are so what are what were the feelings? There was a feeling, so there was more inspiration of, you know, maybe it's a beautiful note or how how these feelings influence composition or how composition influenced the, the feelings or the the person who you are. Yeah, well in in my case, uh, when when I started studying music with nineteen and um, for me was in that time I was having uh, a lot of struggle and I always chose for my pieces uh, something I was struggling with so if I see all the pieces I composed through that through that 10 years you can say 19 to 28 27 28 it's like an autobiography <laughs> So every piece I did, it had to deal with something heavy I was dealing with. Okay. Yeah. So it was a way of expressing. Uh, and, it, and... Just, it was just like that. I don't remember making plans. This is how to do it. Because you have a lot of subjects. Composition is your main subject, but you have a lot of subjects around. Um, it was very high demanding for me. Uh, um, at that time so my whole goal was surviving yeah. <laughs> you know like making all homeworks and being on time and somehow making it and yeah. accumulate uh, enough points to get the visa yeah and very automatic so yeah. when I needed to compose I was like okay I'm dealing with this crap let's do this but yeah. it was not something very 
inspirational or okay. thought through. Yeah. It was more in survival mode. And then, um, of course, they teach you to pick few elements and develop them. Yeah. So I did thought in myself, okay, what, re what represents what I feel in sound? And I picked a couple of elements and then I, uh, with techniques that you learn at, with your professor, you develop these elements. And uh, it's like a story in the way I did. I always draw in a white paper in a timeline, yeah. like a story, but uh, with with graphics. Yeah. What I thought, how does how does it that feeling a graphic? What I feel, and then I just mimic that movements yeah. with sounds. With sounds, yeah. So, so I had the elements, yeah. like the blocks, and then I had a, a story to tell. Yeah, and that's how I composed. Yes. So my focus was to was to make the to make the subject and go to the next semester. To the next one. <laughs> yes, survival hundred percent. I needed something to do the homework, and I did something. Okay. It was not like oh, I am enjoying so much and expressing myself through music. No, Dude. I need to have a career. I chose this. Oh, I was accepted in Vienna. Yeah. I have a little baby. Everybody thinks I'm not going to make it. I will show everybody I'm going to do to this. <laughs> yeah. And my, my day was very tight. I had a lot of things. I had subjects. I was studying at two places at the same time. And I also was working um, as a waitress yeah. in catering companies. So I had my day was very scheduled. And yeah. when I came, uh, my son was very little and crying in the night as every yeah. little kid. So I needed to change the pampers, feed him. And the next day, wake up in survival mode and do the homework as fast as possible. And with this, I would like to, uh, to jump to our next milestone, uh, which I call it uh, at the period of the beginning of a journey. So it was between 2002 and 2003. So... Um, how was the, the start uh, in Austria um, and that also connected with what has taught you to raise uh, a child at a very young age and going through finishing going through and finishing your studies so first how was the start and then what, what was about you know making it with a with a little child um I think it's the answer is very similar to what I already said. Uh, it's not like a beautiful film story where you start something and then you develop and then you end. It was a, a very, it was like a hole in time where you focus in doing something, you do it no matter the price and that's it. And then when I was done, I was like, I'm done. <laughs> so like uh, like uh, like when you hang in the space. Yeah. And now what? Uh, oh. So it was uh, like a hamster in a in a wheel. Seven, seven, eight, nine years like that, just on mechanical surviving, doing it. Next subjects I did all my subjects this semester. Next semester, exams as next semester try to 
uh, find some um, um, scholarships to pay something. What can I work that I can? So, uh, which kind of works I can do that I can uh, bring some money? Uh, I need to finish this. I need to bring some money. I need to finish it, and like that, like a hamster, seven years. So, the first, the beginning was learning German, yeah. and I was not pregnant during that year and in that year I prepared myself for the exam uh, the year of the exam I was pregnant <laughs> but the day of the exam I didn't uh, tell anybody that I was pregnant on that day I was pregnant it was uh, in June uh, the exam and the semester started started in October, and of course in October, yeah, well, I was obviously pregnant, and everybody like, oh, okay, this is a surprise. But I was scared to say in the exam that I was pregnant because I thought that will influence the results. So I thought uh, I I don't want people to know that I am pregnant. I want them to um, um, evaluate me as I am without more information. So. I, I got the place at the Music University in Vienna. And in October, when I started, I was... <laughs> Surprise! Very, very, very big, very big, yeah. And my son was born in December. And that's like the beginning. And of course, when you are pregnant and you have a child and you're 20, your survival mode kicks in high gear. Yeah. And I stayed in that high gear for for seven eight seventh year was uh, it was when my body st when I was twenty six yeah uh, my body started saying stop yeah. <laughs> so I had yeah. a, 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 a hole in the stomach uh, bleeding yeah and from that day I started saying like oh okay maybe it's not healthy how I'm living maybe I'm doing too much yeah. and I started very slowly reducing but very little uh, and I finished then my studies and I was very happy um, that I've done it and I show everybody that I can because everybody said you ruin your life because you're pregnant you have ruined your life because you have a son and my warrior archetype <laughs> was like which on, is on high which is what yes. we love so, and admire from you, Natalia, and that warrior. <laughs> I think uh, our uh, our surroundings, our um, friends circle, uh, we are all together. Think that uh, you taught us uh, a lot through those years, and seeing you how your warrior, your fight mode to 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 do it or to finish to achieve it is, is a, a dream and this is what we admired actually thank you, you. <laughs> <laughs> but i have to say that um during this period uh, i have to highlight that you also got a lot of uh, scholarships it was not only working it was not only making yes. it through but it's also making it with the best uh, resources and the best you can give Yes, I remember when I when I graduated, the university sent me a letter uh, that I have won a prize for the best student of the year. Uh, when you graduate, they pick from the people who graduate who's the best, and that is a prize with money. 
And I remember in that moment when I opened the, that was a very hard, a very uh, impacting moment for me. When I opened the letter and I read that, it was like a letter saying, all what you did, we are appreciating. And I had a lot of flashback from a lot of things that I have experienced through those years, coming late, baby crying, not sleeping, making the exam, being confused. Like everything came to my mind like that. And I was like, whoa. So I started crying a lot. And I was like, whoa, somebody noticed it. Because I was very strict with myself. I always always wanted to have the best note and I did it. (laughs) So I was always very very nerdy and I wanted to have the uh, in German uh, in German in Austria is one is the best yeah. grade you can have so I ha- wanted to always have one and I did it uh, uh, but yes. this is so this my, my how, how do you say the average my average grade was one that's why they gave me that uh, that uh, award from the university and you have a celebration and they give you the award and they give you the money and the director congratulates you so that was like wow this whole crap (laughs) was worthy somehow (laughs) not only I have a diploma to show everybody like I did it I also have an appreciation and a a thank you and recognition from the university and and the, that was very 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 uh, healing for yeah. me. Yes. But I think that the healing part is not the external recognition. I think when you are in such a working hard working mode and a warrior mode and being so strict with yourself, that you recognize yourself all the work that you did. Yes, I remember. I remember talking with you. Actually, I remember a conversation we had because we we were raised very Catholic, so it was always thank God, thank God, thank God. Yeah. And I remember that day telling you, or you told me, I don't know who told who. Uh, oh, I got this prize, thank God. And then maybe we both make like click. Yeah. Thank me too. <laughs> I mean, I did it too. Was, I think it was so me. Maybe, maybe I should start seeing what I do yeah. too. I mean, yeah. I, with all respect uh, yeah. of, for the religions, yeah. uh, that was the first moment I recognized it. I I did it. And then when we listen to the outside, they're like, "We are proud of you." We cannot believe it, no. And we need yes. these moments just to reflect. And it's, it's not about really finding recognition outside, but it's really having recognition and be, being very compassionate uh, ourselves yes. internally. Yes. And I yes. think this is also that we saw through our life story in, in Vienna and the, the hard times of studying and working. And with this, I also would like to, to ask you, what would you say to someone younger today that w- uh, is going through the similar experience that you had uh, during that period? I will say as a rising uh, child, mother, uh, studying, uh, trying to show the world that um, you can make it. So 
you know, many people in that uh, time period uh, was saying, oh, you know, with the child, everything is too hard and you're not going to make it. So with all your experience that you had and showing that you made it through, what what would you and someone who is in the same position as like, please give me some advice, which advice with your experience would, uh, would you give to that person? Wow, difficult. Because when you're in that mode, uh, it's difficult to, li to listen. You can tell her that. If I have someone who came and tell me that, I will completely ignore what they tell me. Like, I had people that are, you're doing too much, uh, you should completely ignore it. I had a goal. Um, and so, uh, but, but probably the, the, the biggest thing, the most important thing regarding being um, a teen, teenager pregnant, <laughs> I would probably uh, do, work very hard in, for her to understand that uh, it's not a mistake and, and that she didn't do anything wrong probably that probably okay. that and i would also say there is no perfect time to have a child because now i am 36 and i have friends that have young a little children and um nobody feels never prepared to have a child um, yes and maybe you also tell that is a uh, temporary in, we when is the first time when things happen to us the very first time like when you are 19 20 you think it's uh forever yeah and there's no other way yeah. so probably i will say look chill out there's hundreds of ways to do it yeah. and it's permanent and you can change your mind anytime there is so probably, probably they, that flexibility of of there is more possibilities you can change your mind you can choose again yeah. you are not subjected um obligated to do what you chose yeah you can change and your choices i think that perspective uh, is uh, very important and i think people should know about it that things are impermanent because at the moment that you are struggling with something you think this is gonna last forever and actually not yes. and the same with with the same with, with, I don't know, having a job or even having money or having something positive. It might not be that you that it lasts. So you can of, uh, switch to a mode that, to make the best out of it in, in both ways, though, if it is yes. positive and negative. And this is like fair enough. I think this is very, very, very important for everybody to know. So... My next uh, period is called um, the path of self-rediscovery from 2012 to 2018. So this is the third milestone and the graduation and the life after university. So as I said in my introduction, you uh, founded an orchestra and um, I will make a few questions and maybe at the same time and maybe in the answer we can't just uh, compact it all together so one is what that, what uh, meant the process of creating an orchestra for you 
um, what was the major struggle uh, being an entrepreneur and what was the major gift of creating a business? Um, having the choice to choose how to work is I think the most, the most thing I like. Mm -hmm. um, um, what was the question? The again? struggle, the struggle, the struggle of being an entrepreneur struggle? or creating no. business. I mean, struggle, uh, there's uh, things you need to do when you do a company. You usually, a lawyer knows what to do. Then you do it. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, uh, paperwork. paperwork and, and when you don't know what that things mean, um, uh, you just uh, inform. Uh, no, I don't, I wouldn't say a lot of struggle. Uh, finding the musicians was very easy because they, a lot, a lot of them wanted to play. So I did auditions and I asked my my professors from the music university to be the, the ju jury. And a lot of lovely people came, a lot of talent. So it was like a discovering, oh, my God, there's so much good people, so lovely, such wonderful persons. For me, it was like being in Disney World with so many amazing persons, and I, I get to work with them. Yeah. Very, very cool. And then we got um, jobs, I mean, concerts, recordings, and it was every time a magical experience. The, the musicians were, well, they were my colleagues too from the university. It was not like I, I was a business person that wanted to conquer the musicians. It was the people I had uh, drinks in the cafeteria of the university, um, just testing would, it, would, would, be, would a film music orchestra work, would not. Uh, we all had very similar uh, goals uh, as as people, not goals as business. We, the people I've met had uh, the people I work with from the beginning. We have a similar philosophy of life. Um, like our point is to to have to feel good while we do that. While yeah. we do it, and I yeah. think I think that's why you study music too. Yeah, you you because you feel go good while you do it, and yeah. that's that, that's a difference from, from other other professions maybe or I don't know. So it was really cool, and um, the struggle was like, hmm, why I'm not making any money? There's something I don't understand about the system. Uh, we are obviously doing a good job because they were hiring us again, congratulating us. Uh, we were doing a very good job, but the money was not coming in. So I was very, very curious how does economy work? Uh, it's for sure a system I am not understanding. Uh, and one, like a football game. Yeah. <laughs> like when you, when you don't have a clue, then you just watch the game and you're like, okay, people running after a ball. But when you know what, how it, what you really enjoy, and then you can say, oh, let's put this here and let's put that there. So yeah. it starts being. So I think it was just not not knowing how business work. 
And that's when I decided to do a Master of Business Administration and MBA at the Economy, University of Economy of Business of Vienna. And that was amazing because all my question marks yeah. were like, oh, that's why. <laughs> so it was perfect. So probably the only struggle was not knowing how a company makes money. What, yeah. what is profit? Yeah. How you structure? How, yeah, Budget. the money. So yeah. I, and I then got obsessed with the concept of money and how the royalties work, how the copyright works, how the music industry works. And I wrote my master's thesis on music industry. So that helped me a lot to, to heal the whole injustice. Because the first thought you have when you don't know how it works is, oh my God, this is so unfair and we are the victims. Yeah. And when you realize how the uh, system is, 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 it's yeah. a thing you need to accept. That's how yeah. it is. It's, yeah. um, I don't know how many years ago, uh, it just developed like that. Yeah. Now we have amazing, better opportunities as musicians yeah. to change the system. The system is changed completely after the digitalization and iTunes and streaming. Now we have a, a better, better, better way, uh, a, a very good future. From the perspective of uh, um, making a, a company, like yourself, like providing services. Um, so which, for example, um, have a networking go out right now with COVID is not possible, but uh, which tips would you give to that person? You need to organize yourself. You need to know that you alone cannot do it. You need uh, like a lawyer, people that help you. Um, so someone who wants to start a business, which tips mm -hmm. uh, through your experience, which tips would you give? Uh, to that person? Mm. Uh, it's difficult to un answer that because they are already doing that what it's okay. Creative people, we work in networks, we, we help ourselves, we exchange our own services for exchange. <laughs> Like, uh, you do the movie for me, I do your music for you. And that, that's an amazing way to start collaborating. And that's already yeah, there. Yeah. That's what everybody does already. So nobody needs to change anything about what they are doing. Um, probably what I will uh, only a change what will be the self, the trust in what that they're what they're doing uh is good yeah. so probably not not doubting so much from from what yeah so probably that 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 would be a big better if if do take out from creative people uh because when you have an idea it's a it's a new and then you usually you don't feel confident in if that is going to work Um, and then you tell some people and then you tell your family and friends and then you end up with 20 different opinions yeah. and then you end up more confused <laughs> it's like maybe I don't so I would probably say any kind of project even if it's doing a song or a poem or a huge whatever you want to do 
Um, doesn't matter the size, but give it time to the idea to develop before you tell someone. Yeah. Like when you when you tell someone, it's because it's already no chance you will not do it. You're already so convinced and you're already so in it that nobody can crush your idea. Yeah. And each idea is is unique and is important and is valuable. So I will make an emphasis in no doubt, no, do not doubt in yourself. Just trust that there is wisdom in within you. So I'll, I'll yeah. to have trust, wisdom, and to get involved with the topic, do some research. Yes, yes. because I, I learned in the business school, uh, my specialization was project management. And there's a lot, a lot, a lot of tools how to organize what you need to do first, what you need to do after, or look at your strategy, do a benefit map, where, you, where are you, where are you going, what are the steps you need to do from where you are to where you're going. That's really beautiful, everything, when you already know and are sure what you want to do. Yeah. But we tend to creative. I talked what I've lived in my life and what I have talked with my friends. We tend to doubt every little thing. Yeah. So I wake up with one idea. Next day, I have another idea because the idea the day before was not good enough. And then... It, we never start something because we don't are not sure if that is the idea we should pursue. Yeah. So how can you make a whole strategy and plan and project management and tools if you don't have the, the ground? Yeah. Yeah. So the business tools are great once you already have a a, a territory to put seeds. Yeah. <laughs> but if you don't have territory, then you change ideas every day and I do change yeah. ideas every day and that is okay. <laughs> uh, but um, when you have a very big burning idea, give it time and understanding and love to grow and don't tell anybody till you are super sure that when someone tells you that's the worst, stu most stupid idea I ever heard in my life, you say like, whatever, I'm still doing it. <laughs> like I did with my orchestra. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Everybody was like, you're in Vienna, what are you doing? Another orchestra, like there's hundreds of orchestras. Why would you do another one? But I was so convinced, well, this one is mine. Nobody, <laughs> no, no. And Natalia has never had an orchestra in Vienna. And um, that, then you don't listen to anyone. And then when you have that sureness, this is what I'm going to do. And this is what I want. Then the whole strategy and goals and business tools and project management, very, very, very helpful. But I don't think in the creative industry that the problems are the business tools. I think the problem is in the confidence. Yeah. And yeah. that's um, my question uh, related to that. So from the seat, which is the thought of having um, a business idea or a project idea, to where you reach the tools, which skills, uh, which um, elements would you put there to help that person to mature the, the idea of the business? Write a lot. Write all ideas you have. Because ideas come very chaotic. 
And because they come chaotic and not linear in a linear, in other growing linear, ideas yeah. come like this. So you think they don't have uh, value because there's yeah. no structure. Yeah. But imagination has no structure. It's a chaos. And it's a, one idea here, one idea there. And you also don't get an idea in one day. It develops. You need to, there's days that you don't have even one thought about it. Yeah. Um, so, but when you have a thought and when you have an idea, write it down. It's, it's almost always that you won't do that what you wrote, but that inspire you to wrote some, write something else and write something else and write something else. And then you start recognizing like a phase of something and then you start structuring, then you write a mission statement, philosophy, what would I like to do? And then when you are already that far, you start thinking, okay, which aesthetic, which colors, how do I want to present myself? Who is my target? And then you already start going in business tools. But first develop the imagination and be aware that you, it's not linear, it's not logical, it's not structured, it's chaotic. And so because it's chaotic, you think it's, it has no value, but it has yeah. Every little thought has value. So write it down and revise it later. And throw it away if you don't like, whatever. It's just a process. It's not the, the big deal. We change of, of, of more uh, professional-oriented to more personal-oriented question. I would like to ask, what is more fun, fun? Organizing live concerts, recording music productions for films, or creating music for you? What is more fun? To do. Like, where is your heart, actually? Because you do almost... Uh, I think uh, live concerts. Live concerts. Oh, uh, why? Yeah. I, uh, when, when I've done many productions where uh, with 14, 10 to 14,000 people are the audience, uh, the, uh, how do you say in English? Public. I think audience. Yeah. Public. Um, it's magical when you're on stage and so many people are connected to that, what you're doing. It's very magical in that moment. When you record something, it also feels like a teamwork and it's really cool when you hear that song on the radio and then someone else is listening to it and then you think, well, he's listening to that, what we did. That is also very magical. But it's not as strong as the 14,000 people focus on that, that a lot of people focus on one thing and feeling good about that, what you're doing, is a lot of more... <laughs> Empowerment, bigger, yeah. More, more impact. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but also I remember walking in a festival on the on the festival street, and there were music everywhere. Um, a person was like, I don't know what they had, whatever, and she was dancing to the music, and we recorded that with the orchestra, and that felt great, like ah, very cool. Generous. So I think what I like the most is the, to see that what when people connect to. That's what we recorded. And I think that's the most fun of it. But doing it, um, 
uh, it's it's uh, sometimes very very hard Stressful. going going through the process of doing yeah. it and um, yeah i like when i see other people connecting to that what i did what i didn't did it alone of course the whole orchestra and the whole the team, team. Yeah. but you feel you are part of that bigger picture now we change to a little bit more uh, personal question and it is around this time um, you went through a divorce so what did it mean to you going through the divorce and for you which tips will you give someone who is about to start a new life I would say the same as I said before uh, it's temporary and there is an amazing life after that So not seeing it so eternal and, and existential, like forever. Now I will not find anybody ever again. And I will not have another family ever again. And that was it. And this tra tragedy, um, I will take it more loose. I know it's difficult to take it easy in that moment. But I would probably say uh, there's a lot of, of amazing things that you will experience and they will come for sure. So not trying to make them understand that it's a te temporary and then it will stabilize after and then they will discover a part of themselves that is amazing. And what was the worst thing for me in that time? Not knowing who I am losing the identity completely having put my identity in in a, in a family and and thinking that it's that was that is eternal um so it's like you have a castle you have built and then everything's poof, mm. in very few time very little time so that loss that identity loss like and now what like being uh, lost that's it that, that's the word so that was the most difficult part but then you you find ways always <laughs> and that's always. that's what I would like to ask uh, which ways or which uh, tools would you uh, give to someone or would you recommend to someone to build up a new identity Uh, when I decided to divorce I told my mother okay I'm going to divorce this is a reality and please find me a psychologist I cannot do this alone I need guidance so that's it and then I, I had the first session with my psychologist it was a woman from Colombia for me it was important to be in my language in Colombia in my culture Um, I was living here in Vienna. I have always lived here in Vienna. It was always in Skype. And the first thing she explained me was how to explain my son. Mm, And she explained me a very beautiful thing. She told me to explain it with uh, Play-Doh, with different colors. Explain him that I am mom, mom is yellow, dad is blue. And then mix both Play-Dohs together, make the color green. And then tell him that even though we will not live in the same house anymore, he will always be that and you cannot separate the green from the yellow. 
the blue from the yellow it will, yeah. he he will always be a mix of us and we will support him um, yeah. so i did like that and uh, i felt i'm doing it right because an expert told me how to do it <laughs> <laughs> so he that the, she the psychology was for me like my confidence i'm not doing it wrong she told me how to do it she's a professional yeah. and then i have a problem i don't know what to do i asked her how to do it she told me how to i did it she told me how to i did it so it was uh everything they told me they she everything she told me i did it and i did it believing that is the, the, best. the correct way and mm -hmm. that i have a supervisor a life supervisor <laughs> that is leading me and I just was welcoming the guidance and I did step by step other what she told me to do was not easy <laughs> many many times was a zero easy I needed to uh, uh, face my biggest fears and I did it because I knew she's into something and I knew it will be better after so yeah, like very, very obedient to my psychologist. That actually is a very amazing because not everybody is very obedient because they have like a, a voice internally is that if, if I don't know what is even right, does she even know? Even though she had the, the experience and of course is a professional, sometimes because someone told me to do it's like our parents it's like don't play with fire don't play and then we get burned and they're, they're like i told you so but we yes. have always this voice so how do you do to confront this voice to shut it down and say like no i am gonna do what she's telling me to do well the pain definitely okay. my pain was so big i was really feeling a lot of pain emotional pain yeah it was almost not, uh, I felt sometimes I cannot handle anymore so much pain. Uh, so the pain triggered me to do anything. Like, what should I do? Do that. Okay. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I did it. Of course, I was shaking from fear, but I still did it. I called people what I needed to tell them or do things that I needed to do or write letters to myself, uh, open the Pandora box to things I didn't ever wanted to open, uh, and admitted things about my childhood that I never wanted to admit, uh, talk about things I never wanted to talk uh, and I just pushed myself to do it uh, because I believe that if I do that, I might be feel better, be feeling better. Because what there was no alternative. Yeah. Feeling that bad was not a choice. Yeah. It, yes. So it can only be better. Yeah. So it was a little bit a uh, 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 a no choice situation. I yeah. only had the choice to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was as well that making the choice to be truth to yourself as well. I think that was on... Well, no, in that moment, no. there's no... It's survival. I want to feel better. Yeah, period. That's true. What should I do? <laughs> that's true. No a lot of thinking, zero thinking. Just, just I want to feel good. Tell me, tell me how. <laughs> okay, you need to go to the moon and then you need to pray to whatever. I okay, I'll do that. <laughs> I whatever you know like i i totally shut down my logic and whatever like tell me i'll do it 
and and she's an expert so i believe in her so yeah. probably that trusting trusting that she's really going to help you yeah yeah and and then do it uh, putting all your logic aside all what you have learned aside and just focusing on feeling better feeling better feel and you do you do feel better very very fast so yeah i felt i felt more confidence about doing that oh this this thing works let's yeah. do this and experimenting so it all i always felt better from the first day i felt better so so i started feeling better and better and better and better and better, and better, and better. so what do you think that helped you to to cope with it like let's say to have an you know first to to uh, ask for help and then second was to have a open attitude so do you think that there is other stuff or other things that a person can think of in order to you know go through that process like more not that hard or not that i think the heavy. first 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 step is having another human being face to face yeah. validating your pain yeah and taking your pain as seriously as you are feeling it yeah because when you know my life from the outside oh very successful you have blah 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 and then you say no i don't feel so good ah come on but look at the bright side you yeah. have help <laughs> yeah which is sun. what everybody tends to do and <laughs> comes out every day you are young woman you are beautiful you have an orchestra you have a whatever yeah so then they minimized the pain and you're actually feeling uh, a huge thing i realized after because i was i am also high sensitive so it's yeah. bigger yeah, yeah. Than other ones yeah but okay then okay then i should not feel that this uh, but Uh, so the very first first is another human being, another face validating what you exactly feel. Yeah. That's the beginning. And then you start trusting this person because you know she gets me. She yeah. understands my pain yeah. and, she, and she validates the, 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 the important. It's important for me. Yeah. And, and, and this, this is very this special. Is real. Yeah, and this is yeah. very special, I think, because usually we tend to say to tell to our friends, "Yeah, you have that, but everything is gonna be tomorrow, and it's okay. It's just a little thing." And then you even talk to other people, and they say, and there are concepts of you know, transform your feelings and feelings they don't serve, and actually, feelings are very important because it's like the guidance yes, of, of of the soul. Um, and I think we exactly. nowadays we we turn on uh, off them, or we think that we need always a, a a positive feeling without letting in the negative feelings to go out as a positive. So getting the the, the negative to change to see to as a guidance where do I want to go and then turn it out like in in a positive. But we always either want positive or we don't want any. <laughs> And this is I don't even think you need to push yourself to make them positive. I think once you have felt understood yeah. and validated, it automatically goes. 
Um, you don't need uh, to do any effort. Automatically yeah. goes uh, yeah. better. It's yeah. just that point of understanding, and that's it. Yeah. It's very easy, actually. Yeah, we changed to our next um, four milestone, uh, which is um, after 2018, and we I call this period the new me. <laughs> and yes. <but> in that, <laughs> and I want because you actually said also. Uh, a few moments ago that you are incredible emotional intelligent and but also is your child so um i want to ask what tips would you give to a family who has an emotional intelligent child um to cope with that because it's not easy in in you know in the school in, in social environments to accept that someone who is uh, emotionally intelligent because the, the feelings, they, they become stronger. The perceptions are like, you know, it's, it's like a, a musician when has a perfect hearing. Yeah, it's detailed. So you kind of find it like very big or very strong in both ways, the, the positive and negative feelings. So which tips would you give to a family uh, who has an emotionally intelligent child? so they can cope with with him yeah, and he can cope same. with the environment. The same, validate what he's or she's feeling. Yeah. Not minimizing, ah, it will be better or uh, lose, lose uh, take it serious what they're feeling because feelings are real. Yeah, yeah. And then when, once you do that, it gets better in the second, especially with kids. Yeah. Once you... Once you take them their pain authentically and, and seriously, they start playing something else. And you're like, that's it. And I need like two hours of therapy. So uh, they are very, very easy. Yeah. Charles are very easy once you validate them. Yeah. If you are tell them, what are you crying about? There's nothing to cry about. They are super confused because they're yeah. thinking, wait a second. I am feeling bad. She's telling me it's not feeling bad. It's my mom. I should believe her. So maybe I yeah. shouldn't believe what I'm feeling. Yeah. yeah. So that's the tricky part. But if you if you take them how they are, uh, not like there's a feeling. Get it. Get it out. <laughs> Get it out. Hide it. Call the fire. There's a feeling in the house. There's an emotion in the house. Call the fire department. So if you don't have that reaction, it's like okay, it's completely normal. And tell me how you feel and that's it yeah one of the biggest interests that we have in common is about spiritual growth and we are always exchanging ideas about books videos people anything that make us actually reflect internally and and make us feel connected uh, especially with source so What does it mean, spirituality, for you and the connection with, with Source, with, with God? Okay, it's, uh, for me, it's uh, having a reference system that is uh, zero or neutral. Um, like something where I can always come and, and, feel, and feel home and feel like a reference system, something, some, something like when you have um, 
navigation, you always know north, south, east, west, or whatever. Um, when you have that, you can measure where you are. Yeah. And so it's okay to go everywhere you want to explore and, and have fun and or not have fun or whatever. <laughs> and then having a reference. Whatever the reference is for you, God, uh, Jesus, uh, Buddha, uh, Muhammad, or um, my yoga teacher, or um, or golf. I play golf, and every time I go and play golf, I am in neutral. I am in zero. That's my reference. Or I, yeah, whatever it is you use to connect to whatever it is you have inside. <laughs> Because for each person is different. I think that's like a like an internal compass, like a reference point where you can always come back. How um, how do you cultivate that connection? How do you you know do, do you know that you have it, but how do you after you know so so many years of experience, um, after so many experiences that make you grow with pain? Um, uh, with actually as well with gifts, uh, um, with everything, with success. How do you think that a person can connect or build up or come closer to that uh, point zero or that point uh, neutral zero where that person feels connected? Okay. So first, uh, as I already said two times, validate your feelings. So what you are feeling is real and is important. So when once you validate what you feel, then you can go to your reference point. Otherwise, it's like a snowball growing and growing and growing and growing yeah. and growing till you it will come the point where you need to hear what you feel because yeah. it will it will it will intoxicate your life there's yeah. a point where you cannot sleep anymore you cannot work anymore because you you're you what that what you feel takes you so learning that this feeling will grow and you will need to hear it yeah there's no other alternative yeah. with 20 with 30 with 40 with 60 with 70 one moment in your life it will come the moment when you cannot ignore what you're feeling you can hide it you can paint it you can rationalize it you can take it out in sport it will come a point in your life when you will need to hear yeah. your soul so when you train yourself to hear it and listen it in a very very subtle stages that's when life becomes easy because you feel something you pay attention Uh, what is it that I need? It's usually something you need for yourself uh, or something you are ignoring about yourself. And then you uh, um, open your perspective. You learn things. How do you learn things? You just open yourself to learn things and the people will just come to you with that kind of things that you were waiting. Like a friend will call you or someone will send you a video or you will see a youtube whatever it is just coming the information that you need so trust that you don't need to oh i need to do it better it's just uh, okay. okay i feel this what is it that i need and it just come um the information just comes when you're open to it 
And then when you don't feel this uh, <laughs> ball of whatever it is you're feeling, it's very easy to go to the reference point and connect with with yourself. Yeah. With your inner wisdom or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Do you have a beautiful project called um, Homecoming Holistic Health Center? Um, yes. Please tell us about it. It's connected with something that you created after 2018 um, and mm -hmm. it's very interesting uh, and the focus is also on healing the inner child so please let us know what it is um, yes yeah, so I have uh, been always very I've been very passionate about these topics of how to feel better and probably my passion to feel better came <laughs> feeling from feeling better. <laughs> what else? And, yes. So, and not only you have like a, when you have a very difficult thing or a huge accident or a very difficult illness, um, it's very popular that you have um, help and whatever. Yeah. But when you have a seemingly normal life, but inside of you is not okay um it's not so popular to get help because yeah. you are like okay it's not that bad but actually it's growing here like a volcano yeah. you don't have this the probably you're ashamed to ask if it's not that terrible yeah yeah so probably uh i that what i want to do with homecoming is to come home to this reference place that's why the name is homecoming and I would like to uh, experience other people's experiences and hoping they can take something from the, all the techniques and tools I have applied to, to feel better. So very simple. I have learned a lot from a lot of uh, mentors. I have combined them and integrated them in my own way for my own life. And now I want to see, uh, first learn from a lot of other people and maybe they, it helps uh, to others uh, to feel better. So why I'm doing this only because when I do it, I feel really good. I will see what it brings me. But the first intention is I do it and I feel very good when I do it and I feel very good talking about these topics and I feel incredible uh, also looking how other people do it because I only know my experience of course my psychologist uh, tells me other cases and I read books about other people and how other therapists do it and I have also have uh, certifications about this uh, right now, I'm also doing a spirituality certification at the University of Vienna, Sigmund Freud, University of Vienna. So I am also taking an academic path in this topic. Uh, but I come from an experiment. I, I come from the experience. Yeah, yes. that's true. And I am complementing with uh, theory. Also, the thing that I know it's possible like, yeah. when I was feeling so bad, I thought it's not possible that I don't have a chance. Uh, it will, I will always feel like that. And I, now I know it's possible, so I want like to tell everybody, don't worry, you can totally feel amazing. You will feel amazing, don't worry. 
So I want to to like I know, yeah. I know. So I want to 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 share that. Yes. And what are the the techniques? Could, would you tell us uh, what uh, did you learn? Which uh, um, the uh, I was feeling I have it in German. What was the the training uh, about and uh, which techniques they are that you use when you have, um, how is that, a patient, a client? Client. A client. A client. Yes. So you can see on my website. I am going method. to link the website in any of the places. Yes. And then is very simple. I have the philosophy of Louis Hay. Your thoughts create your future and combined with Wayne Dyer, when you change the things you look at, the things you look at change. Uh, sorry, I said it wrong. When you think, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So uh, that's the two of my uh, philosophies. Uh, And then I observe in like the scientific method when you learn in, in high school, when you're doing biology and you do an experiment. So the scientific method is observation. So observe what you're, be aware of what you feel, uh, catch every feeling. Uh, feelings are very easy to catch because you just feel crap. So you know, zero effort. But then you need to observe. Well, yeah. well, I'm feeling this, and and not analyzing every little thing. Yeah. Uh, just be aware. I feel crap. <laughs> Sometimes when I feel crap. I go to the uh, well. I'm going to the show and um, buying dinner or whatever to the supermarket, and then I just repeat myself. I feel crap. I feel crap. I feel crap. I feel crap. <sighs> and then it just goes. So not making a big deal. It is. They just go. Come and go, like like Luis Hay says, like clouds in the like soft clouds in a summer day. So that's that's my method mainly. Yeah. Uh, each 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 situation is different, and there's different tools for different situation, and yeah. not every tool works always for the same situation. It depends of many 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 other things, uh, but mainly observe what you're thinking what you're feeling and just raise the awareness or what what is your inner world and what is your inner dialogue yeah and how you treat so, yourself but that is the inner dialogue. so my next question is i read a uh, phrase actually recently and at that moment i have to think about you and it is when you listen to your wisdom all is perfect So what are the tips? <laughs> I knew <laughs> I knew that it's going to go in line. So what are the tips to listen to your own wisdom or intuition? Which tips would you leave, uh, give to, to other people? Uh, the same. Do what you feel. That, that's the wisdom. Or even you think that's the enemy, it's actually the wisdom. So... When uh, we think of wisdom, we think it's like Jesus stuff, very far away, or Plato, or like super spiritual, uh, on the cloud things. But actually, it's the pain 
that has encapsulated the wisdom inside. You just need to let it open alone. And how do you open alone? Validating how you feel and and being uh, compa- compassion with yourself, being loving to yourself. And it's open, it open alone. And then don't try to, I'm feeling better, what is the answer? The answer comes in the two, two three days, four days. Mm. After, from alone. It yeah. just dissolves itself alone. Um, but after you, you hurt uh, your inner wisdom, uh, which is uh, masked in pain. Yeah. Yes. So we are almost, we are in, the, in our last part of, of our interview. So the first part was the main interview and I have another two segments. So one segment is just very fast. I'm gonna ask something and then you can reply. And then the, se- the last segment is friends and family want to know. And I have a few questions that a uh, few people sent. Uh, so I start uh, with the okay. second silly questions. So who is your inspiration? Okay. <laughs> uh, Louis K. A movie that you love and why? Hmm. Probably the Disney magic. Disney yes. magic. Uh, the, the magic. The magic parts of many Disney movies. Movies without the other parts that I disagree like uh, Beauty and the Beast, the part when the, the whole table is dancing and preparing the dinner for Bella, that part is probably <laughs> one of my favorite parts. Yes. Nice. A book that you yes. like. Over the song of Hakuna Matata of Lion Aww. King, when they're, when they're singing the, the Hakuna Matata is the philosophy. Yeah. Probably that's my philosophy, <laughs> Hakuna Matata. So that moment. So I have like scenes, but not whole movies. Yes. Nice. Um, a book that you like and why? I ask and it is given from J. Esther and Jerry Hicks. Um, why? Uh, because um, it explained me the connection with my inner wisdom. For that, that's that's the moment where I got it the most. Yeah. Um, do you have a hidden talent? Which one? If you have no, no. <laughs> my t- to my pain, that's a hidden talent. Yeah, that's a very good talent. Um, yes, I think it's the only thing you need to do. Yeah. Uh, any quotes or any quote uh, that you want to share with us? Yes, the one I said about Luisay at the beginning, your thoughts create your future, your reality. So, uh, and now, your thoughts create your reality now. So, listen to you now, not tomorrow in a few seconds. Now, because now is where the power is. So, the power to listen and change is coming Uh, naturally so the quote would be that yeah it's Uh, a very cheesy (laughs) quote that everybody uses everywhere but as cheesy as it is is my quote that your thoughts create your reality and my last silly question is uh 
if you were 21 years old now, what would you tell to your um, younger self to prepare you for life? Life is supposed to be fun. <laughs> Don't take and it seriously. No, do not take <laughs> anything as serious as you think. It's nothing as serious as you think. Life is supposed to have fun, to be fun. Look for fun, 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 and follow your bliss, meaning follow whatever impulse you feel that is going to be fun. And do, do not, don't do anything you don't want to do. Yeah, very uh, important. Don't feel trapped that I need to do it because I already said you can choose again. So, and my last segment is friends and family want to know. I have a question from Lusa, and she says, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, she says, in difficult moments and or when a project is uh, didn't go how it was planned, what is your inspiration to continue or to, you know, change the project or to to deal with it? If something goes, let's say, wrong, where mm -hmm. do you go to to think about it? Yeah, the, I ask myself the question, why? Why am I doing this? What's the purpose of doing that, this? And then how I want to feel, actually. And then I adapt for the next project, uh, I adapted things that I think will lead to feeling that way. And, and we do till now. Um, we, we do that. Uh, the feedback we have, we do the change. And it's an experiment. You will never know if it's right or wrong. But every time we change according to what we think it will be better. And it's trying trying or error and learning or, or actually growing the awareness of that what you want. I think it will, there's no end to imagination. Yeah. It will always be different, yes. Learning by doing. Um, yeah, but uh, uh, not, not thinking that there's an, an end point because that the target, when you follow a target, that target when you arrive, change <laughs> so yeah. it's never change target yeah, yeah. it's like following so a target yes yeah, so if you keep in mind that it's an changing target take it easy that's a very good point Nati because we always think I want to arrive there and then when you're after it's like Poof! and then it's like <laughs> oh no there is another is when you go to the mountains and there's, there's a new set of Yeah. So every time you arrive somewhere, instead of arriving, you discover there's a new set of challenges. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's true. In project management at the university, I learned that the only, the only constant in projects is that there's always change. <laughs> yeah. I think for everything in life. And for everything, I, yes. I have another question. Um, And actually, this person sent a lot of questions, but I took um, this one uh, because it's very meaningful to, to the person uh, who asked um, myself as well, and is how to reinvent 
how to renew, how to reinvent uh, yourself. How you say how, how? I don't think that something that is something you do. I think that is something you let happen. So be open, and who you really are is already there. There's nothing to do. There's a, a little bit of humility, and let it discover who who, who you are, and you will be like, "Whoa, I'm awesome!" Uh, yeah, yeah, let it grow. Yeah, I don't think there's something to do. But and how 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 do you do that? Listen, listen what approach rather than doing it and thinking it and talking it and reading it uh, allowing it allowing yes. it you think we need to change something like with effort and it's the contrary there we are already we just need to take the crap <laughs> away <laughs> to see the star we are yeah yeah yes Okay, Nati, I think this is everything for, for today. Thank you very much for giving us uh, your time, and your knowledge, you. your experience. I am very proud. Um, I have you in my heart. And yeah, thank you very much. Thank you, Joe for this very sweet interview. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Bye.